Welcome back, you guys. This is Conversations with Gabriel, uh, which has graciously been offered by Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Uh, We've talked a lot about his background before. We're going to get right into the material. He's going to do the introduction, and then we've got the beginning of a presentation from Dr. Cousins that's very relevant to everything today, and we'll talk about why. And we're going to save some time also for current events that are unfolding today in the world. So, welcome, Dr. Cousins, and thanks for being here. Well, Richard, it's always a joy to be here. Um, what we like to do, first I like to start with a prayer, which is merging the heavens and earth, the heart and mind, wisdom of the heart, which the world needs today for obvious reasons. So, here's the prayer. Vishinikud kudushabrihu so feel the merging of heart and mind within yourself. That's good. Ah, okay, welcome. That's the, that welcoming. Now, what I'd like to do is we start with a little dance. Um, when things are going really bad, this is back in 1802, actually by uh Rabbi living in Russia, they said, what can we do? It's just terrible. He said, you got to dance for joy. Let the play of God come through for yourself. And so, Rabbi Nachman had people dancing for joy. And then it, it, it brings that uh, consciousness to another level so you don't get trapped in a mindset. Um and you say, but but it's reality. Yeah, well, what's reality? Which reality are we talking about? And difficult things are happening. Does that mean you want to shut down or it means dance for joy so you can actually have a clear understanding of what to do and how to relate to it in a way that is most expanding? Because that's the key. That's the test. So... We have a meditation with that for a few minutes. And the meditation is Yoda, then breath, hand, then breath. Wide, then breath, hand, then breath. Yoda, then breath. Uh, bring your, your breath up from uh, below the base chakra to the heart, hey, out to the heart, to the world, connecting to the world. Wa again, from the uh, below the base chakra all the way up to the third eye. And then hang out to the world. And you just keep doing that till your mind's quiet. Now, the other part is the inner cosmic energy coming through my eyes, activating you. And for those of you who may be on radio, you'll hear that uh, a sound of yod, which is the primal sound out of the nothing, that can also activate the awakening of the spiritual energy. In the East, known as Kundalini, in the West, we call it the sacred feminine, the Shekhinah energy. So, let's start with a little dance. It's appropriate that when it, it was, uh, this teaching came from Russia. Okay, 
We're ready. We're just dancing for three minutes, so everybody feel free to join. Focus on my eyes. Here we go. Repeat the mantra until your mind is quiet. Okay. 
Today, for the first half of the uh, presentation, first half of the show, we are going to consider something pretty important and another effort, debunking another effort to, in essence, uh, get people isolated and shut down. The fear of global warming when, in fact, in 1998, we began to enter into global cooling. What's the big note? Global warming, global cooling occur in cycles. And they're very much related to the amount of sunspots, number one. Number two, the cyclic kind of rotation around the sun of the earth and the tilt of the axis. And once you understand that, you get, A, us humans didn't have much effect. In fact, the carbon dioxide is, is 0.04% of the global warming gases, and 3.5% of that is human-made. That's not a whole lot, okay? It's not a whole lot at all, but they're creating a mythology. But the truth is, global warming global cooling has been going on for over 650,000 years documented. Hmm. 650,000 years? Let me think. Was there really industry then? I don't think so. And so what we're looking at is a myth to further scare people and disempower people. There are cycles of global warming and cooling. One reason that Napoleon lost in Russia is he hit a 2015 uh, uh, there was no summer and he was in 2012 it was global cooling they froze out now if he did it in 1780 he would hit global warming he would have done much better point I'm making is anyone who can actually look at the uh, cycles, who knows how to read a weather report, knows how to read temperatures, you know, before they may maybe altered to make a picture, are going to tell you that for 650,000 years documented, we have cycles of global warming and cooling. And this is what I want to, what we're going to present to you today. Richard, do you have anything you want to say about that before we start? There's so much involved in this subject. It's one small point that I would make is that to really tell what those temperatures are that you're suggesting people go read, it depends on this little detail called source, what source you're taking. And what we've seen is that there are a few brave scientists who are not pressured into the panic on global warming, and they're saying, wait a minute, these figures that are being cited to show that it's an emergency are coming from UN-connected and globalist-connected sources that are what they're doing what they call adjusting the numbers every year. And it just happens that that proves exactly what they want everybody panicked about. And there are very few that go back and access the unadjusted numbers, and it ruins the whole agenda. And I, I think that 
the global rulers would be just as happy to have us panic over global cooling as they are over global warming. It's just after having pushed global warming this long, it's they don't have a good segue into global cooling. So that the best they can do is say, it's not so much global warming, it's climate change. So anytime there's like a storm or a drought or a flood, I mean, that just proves it. Like, forget it. It's climate change and we're all dead. So, you know, I don't mean to interrupt, but just they're working on that. The main theme is panic, and the solution to panic is give up all your rights. Which never works. So, <laughs> a little footnote. So, the, the point is, since 1998, we've been slightly moving into global cooling. The, the figure 97% of scientists believe in global warming is a total lie. They interviewed like 5,000 and uh, picked a certain amount of people, um, 3,000 or so. And the big picture is uh, many scientists, there's a, a, a bunch of things I'm going to mention where, you know, 30,000, 32,000 scientists signed uh, where there's no proof of global warming happening. 2007, the Russians again said, no, we're going towards global cooling. So it it's really a seriously big lie. It isn't linear. It's cycles of global warming and cooling. Let's go take a look. Let's get started and take a look at that. What is and has been going on? Cycles. Get the word cycles. Then everything makes sense. Next slide, please. Now, if you take a look, well, that's 1200, okay, uh, AD. And it, it is a time of t- warmer temperatures by about three degrees. Then you see something really interesting. Then it gets cool. And so we have global, we have warming and the 12th, you know, 1200. And by around uh, 1280, you have cooling. Then you have warming. And you can just look at this and say, here, here's the cycles. 1400s, you have warming. Then you have cooling. Now, cooling is associated with a lot more uh, disease, crop failure, starvation. Warming is considered a good thing. They just don't portray it that way. But again, look at the cycles of global warming and cooling. And up to the year 2000, 1990, we, we have that warming cycle, and then you see it starting to go down. And that's the thing you have to look at. It's clearly not as uh, high as in 1200. But next slide, please. So here we are again, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, you're having fluctuations. This is hundreds of thousands of years ago. Warming, cooling, warming, cooling, cooling, warming. There's nothing new here. This is very old, and people are, you know, are taking advantage of one part of the cycle and freaking people out. Next slide. So it is cyclic, not linear. That's all you really need to know about it. And it's been proven again and again. Next slide. So, macro patterns are cyclic, not linear. 
Gore's, uh, Al Gore's proposed linear pattern. And what you can create that on a computer, but you can't create it by changing the, 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 the temperatures over time. That's the hard thing. Okay. Uh, next slide. You see, you know, as I said, they've just did over 650,000 years of testing it way before the industrial age. That's what we have to understand. It's fundamentally independent of the industrial age, which is why we're seeing global cooling now. For linear, it continued to be global warming. It will continue to be global cooling through 19, uh, 2033 and slowly begin to cycle back towards global warming by 2053. Next slide. Now that prediction, Dr. Cousins, is based on observation of patterns up to now, I assume, right? Yes. Subject to change. But generally, these are the cycles that we can see. It's not a computer-generated picture. It's all based on the cycles. Uh, The sun goes into hibernation every 206 years. You're going to get global cooling. So they have microcycles in 206 years as well as the macrocycle, okay? And the man-made carbon dioxide, that's the thing we got to get, has negligible impact on global warming cycles. Now, what we do have to get is, is that we're doing all these, quote, green energy things that are leading to starvation and difficulty. Now, there are machines and technology available that, can get off all this energy type things, but there are strong forces that are not allowing them to be released. And they can't use it to their advantage, in a sense, locking people down so they don't create, quote, global warming. Next slide. So, there are many predictions that have been made, and it's O for 41 over the last 50 years. O for 41. Um, uh, predicting warming and also many ice ages. That's not a very good percentage. Let's take a look at some of those. Next slide. 1969, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. Predicted by University uh, uh, Paul Eric. Oh, and then 1970, a year later, Ice Age by 2000. Well, that's wrong too. 1976, the scientific consensus is planet cooling. Famine is eminent. Well, that didn't happen either. Oh, and then by 2005, they're predicting uh, by 2015, Manhattan is underwater. Well, we didn't really see that happen. So we have all these scary predictions, but we have 0% accuracy. Next slide. 1978, they were really concerned about global cooling at that time. No end in sight to 30-year cooling trend. 1988, Maldives Islands will be underwater by 2018, but they're not. Rising sea levels, 1989, will obliterate nations if nothing is done by 2000. Well, we didn't panic, we didn't do anything, and guess what? You have very little rising sea levels. 1989, New York City, West Side Highway is underwater by 2019. Well, it didn't actually happen. It's embarrassing, but what's really embarrassing 
is people not doing, this is why I'm giving this presentation, people aren't doing the research to see what's going on and they're just being scared by these, you know, uh, dramatic uh, false predictions. Next slide. And by 2000, children do not know what snow is. Well, we are getting global cooling. We are getting snow. 2002, famine in 10 years if we don't give up eating meat, fish, chicken, dirt. Now, that's a vegan thing. And I, uh, as, a, as a live food vegan, I tend to have to argue with people around weight. Meeting, eat, eating meat, fish, chicken, and dairy, they don't make enough global warming gases to make any difference whatsoever. They're 21 to 51 percent of the global warming gases. <gasps> but the global warming gases are only, you know, 0.04 percent of, of global warming issues. So you're not in favor of cutting the trees down and burying them then? Right. <laughs> And so it's all like you can make up whatever you want and then create controls in whatever direction. That's the thing that's scary. 2004, Britain will be Siberia by 2024. Well, I don't think that's happening either. 2008, climate genius Al Gore predicts ice-free Arctic by 2013. You're going to see some pictures that show, in fact, the Arctic has increased in ice by 43 to 63%. Prince Charles, another climate genius, says we have 96 months to save the world. I just don't know how people have the audacity to make predictions. They don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it's fascinating. If you do read the literature, it's like it's so obvious. Next slide, please. Okay. 2009, UK Prime Minister says we have 50 days to save the planet from catastrophe. Let's create fear, and then fear people give up their rights, right, as Richard just said. And what do they get? Things get worse. Climate genius Al Gore moves 2013 prediction to ice free Arctic to 2014. I mean, where do they make this up? There's no science at all behind that. And, of course, obviously it didn't happen. I mean, that's the bottom line. It didn't happen. Consistently, didn't happen. Whatever they said, didn't happen. But it scared people. 1970, world will use up its natural resources. Didn't happen. Oil going in 10 years, 1966. I haven't noticed that being the case. Didn't happen. Next slide. So now it goes, you know, it just goes on. Warning and terrify them that it was no longer a new ice age that would kill them, but global warming. And the world would end in 10 years. AOC was kind of in that uh, gender of, of, uh, of those things. It's like, let's create fear. Let's make people as upset as possible. I think she did admit, though, to be fair, that it was going to be 12 years before we're all dead at this point. <laughs> right. The blind, forcefully trying to lead the blind. Next slide. But why we're doing this is to say, here's the data, okay? These are predictions that were made. They're public predictions, and it's not the case. Next slide, please. 
There weren't baby boomers that uh, because of global warming, the world would end in 10 years. Well, that's 2016. Uh, not exactly. Next slide. And so John Casey, <clears throat> a NASA scientist, really came through. He retired, began looking at things, and he created the relational cycle theory. Okay. I read his book. It's really clean and clear. It's based on historical data rather than linear man-made global warming computer models. That's huge. Historical data. Let's just use that word again. Historical data versus computer models that we just make up, which have not been accurate. So what he had to say was pretty significant. Next slide, please. So what is the model based on? As I explained before, and uh, I'll probably say it a few more times, number of sunspots, the global warming and cooling cycles. More sunspots, more heat. Rotation of Earth's ellipse around the sun. Right. If it's a further ellipse, it's going to be cooling. Okay. And axis tilts. Go ahead. Dr. Cousins, I, I need to interject one thing. Um, looking at our schedule and the note from Doug on the chat, um, we may want to save a few minutes here for the other part of our discussion. I think it's, it's great, though. Um, this is a good place to stop because I'm leaving with the theory. Then again, you're going to see the results because theory has to have concrete evidence. I gave you 0 for 41 with the global warming theories and the global cooling things that are not relating to doing the real uh, geophysical research. So should we hold here? I think so. And I had a couple of questions from what you went over. Um, yes. One thing is you were advocating that people do their own confirming research, which I think is great. But there are a lot of sincere people that have come to the conclusion that global warming is going to kill us any minute. And the reason that they have is not that they're trying to deceive anybody. They're getting adjusted data. And that's the kind put out by all the agencies connected with the UN and with NOAA and with, you know, the science organizations. How do you get, if they want to do this research that you're talking about, how do you get unadjusted data? Well, you go to places that are committed to actually using the real data. Now, how did I get this data? Right. I just went and read the original papers. I read about the different, you know, you know how the, quote, 97% of scientists had this consensus, which is totally false. Um, you know, I look at there's around 33,000 scientists said there's no real evidence to prove this global warming theory. That's a lot, 33,000. And, and the point I'm making is I actually just did the what we call primary research. You find the data before it's been changed. Yeah, but the data before it's been changed is still available. Okay, so most people don't know how to determine, uh, distinguish between the good and the bad sources. I tend to go with, you know, scientists that are politically, uh, their salaries don't matter, uh, are, are based on a political situation, and they're not working in political organizations. 
if we're going to continue the presentation next week, what about trying to put together a few links that people could look at? Well, a starting place for me was with John Casey. Okay. And he has all kinds of references, and his books are, are really good. That's just simple. And there are more references, but they're going to be later in the in the program. Okay. Now, the references are the you know a huge amount of scientists not going along with this story. You yeah, know, that's the thing, and and I think it's important. I don't know what was four hundred and fifty scientists after great Greta Thunberg gave her presentation at UN said they distinctly disagreed with what she had to say. Right, it's just those guys don't get supported by the major media. Right, but it's the stories are there, and you have to, right. you know, take a more primary research type of thing, not secondary sources. The other question is, when you showed that graph going back to 1200 and the global warming and cooling going cyclically, um, the extent of the global warming and the extent of the global cooling that have happened... Once in a while, so far, are they severe enough to cause major problems and disruption in civilization as it is now? Well, the global cooling has been associated with more famine, less food production, right, and, and, and more disease, and more disease. Right, global cooling is way better. Way less dangerous, actually better because you have more carbon dioxide, and you have more, you know, uh, better trees and better plants because they have their food. Right, right. I okay. mean, carbon dioxide is a food for plants. Yeah, but carbon dioxide level is something totally different than the warming and cooling. Well, but they're associated carbon dioxide with global warming. See, I looked at that. We need to look at that some more because I looked at those graphs and it looked to me like there's no correlation. And that's There is, but it's a few hundred year difference. First you have global cooling, then you have carbon dioxide change. First you have global warming, and then you have carbon dioxide change. So, so a delay, the but temperature change comes before the carbon dioxide change. And the warming does, you've seen, make it go up. Yeah, but later, the warming makes the carbon dioxide go up, not the carbon dioxide makes the temperature go up. Right, right, interesting. Um, so yeah. there's a correlation, but it's, it's like years difference in timing. There's there's a scientist, I don't know if you And, and I, I have the data here. It's here. Yeah, good. So we'll look at that. There's a scientist named Dr. Don Easterbrook, who was one of the brave ones that has testified before government panels where they're all laughing at him and showing the original unchanged data. And in his graphs, he was saying it's not correlated. And it would be interesting to look at that compared to what we're seeing now and oh. see how to... Yeah, well, he's right. It's not directly correlated. I'm kind of saying the changes happen, and then I, I can't remember the exact number of years, but it's 150 years, 200 years later that you have a change in your carbon dioxide. So there's a, a vague correlation, but not a causal. Right. See, the other way 
around. The warming and cooling happens first, then the carbon dioxide changes. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's take a few minutes because we'll, we'll be continuing the, the climate change presentation next time and look at a couple of developments in the current world situation. Um, one is that, you know, again, there's so much going on as far as elements of, of this, but in the Western world, and especially in the U.S., we're seeing that we've got a global terrorist organization, uh, very powerful in the power structure right now, and it's called our major trusted media. And they're reporting that... Uh, there's an overstatement. The media is not very well trusted at this point. Okay, well... The, the, it's probably the lowest amount of trust in history. Yeah, uh, what I meant is that their whole program is to try to be trusted. Yeah, I mean, you were being cynical, but I'm just making a point. You're right. They are pop, uh, trustworthy. It's going way, way, way down. The problem is that the same forces that control that media cartel is controlling most of the judiciary and most of the Congress and most of the legislatures and the judges. And what they're doing right now is they're orchestrating and promoting an attack against the Russian people and by means of attacking their economy, trying to goad them into war. It's, it reminds me of what was being done to Japan to get them to attack Pearl Harbor. And there was a uh, blockade and embargoes and all kinds of other programs to hurt the Japanese economy, which means the Japanese citizens, and make them run out of fuel and stuff like that. And then when the plan was to attack Pearl Harbor, this was known by the president of the U.S., I think right. Wilson, Wilson at the time, or no, Roosevelt, I'm sorry. Roosevelt. And and he basically made it so that there would be nothing to stop the attack on Pearl Harbor. In this case, the same further evolved group is ramping up the pressure on the innocent Russian citizens. And there were bank runs about a week ago, I think it was, when they cut off access to the SWIFT wire transfer system. And that's not, and that's promoted by the media as a, something to stop uh, the new Hitler, which is Putin, from, you know, they're, they're probably getting ready to run stories of the Russian soldiers bayoneting babies and stuff like that. And what's really being done is it's pressure against the ability to survive of the Russian citizens who are not responsible for any war stuff. And it's very dangerous, and it looks like they're pushing for nuclear war. And in fact, Putin's statement uh, today, I think, after the cutoff of the buying of Russian oil by America, uh, was that this is an act of war. And that's correct. If it was done the other way around, uh, Americans would be saying the same thing. And, and it's in coordination with cutting off of American energy generation at the same time and setting up importing of oil to America from Venezuela and other pla and Iran and places where the prices will be much higher. So there's a, an attempt to cut off economic survivability on both sides. And it's being directed against Russia and justified as a way to stop war. 
which is going to be doing just the opposite. So, I don't know. Well, the only thing I can say as different than Pearl Harbor is that um, a lot more people are aware of it. That's true. Almost nobody at the original time of Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and was trusted more than people are aware that if you shut down the you know the Canadian pipeline, whatever it was called, where yeah. it gives you and you know you go you go from an energy selling to an energy needing country, it's pretty obvious that that's what they're doing. Really obvious, and most people don't know that it's not just shutting down the Keystone pipeline the one that you're referring to, at the moment it was ready to start pouring oil into America and helping Canada too. There are hundreds of other pipelines on a smaller scale that Biden has been signing the orders to shut down. Right. So it's being exposed. You know, what, what we're talking about different than World War II, where people really didn't know this was going on, is the whole global system is being exposed. Yeah. And people are waking up. Now, how quickly they're waking up is really the question. Um, but it's it's more blatant than ever before. Now, and I think the Canadian trucker thing is another example of how blatant the situation is. Right. And when Trudeau wanted to know how to deal with the trucker uh, issue, uh, he had a talk with Biden. And apparently, you know, the advice was to make it like January 6th for Canada. Right. And that was the approach taken. So the only thing it's going to make a difference is, is a change in consciousness. I totally agree. I, I don't because think they have more power to do certain things. And if people are still going to do that, they're still going to be the trucking thing in D.C. They have more on-the-ground power. But when there's a change of consciousness, people are less willing to go along with it, right? less willing to allow it to happen, and actually are more aware of what's going on. Yeah. We need the servants of the negative power side to defect and say, we can't, we can't obey that. That's right. suicidal. Now, it is kind of getting obvious, and I think as things get worse, I mean, it's the game plan. I'm not, like, projecting here, thinking, you know, the game plan is make it so chaotic and so bad that you're going to, People are going to cry for the the illusion of one world government to protect them. Exactly right. Yeah. And they've said it. It's not like we're saying it as if it's some new idea. They've been saying it for hundred years. Organization and the technology make them feel that it's about to succeed. Yeah. And so we, our job is to uh, not just educate, but also change consciousness. So one of the things that I'm recommending is every day, not once a week, not once a month, that we meditate uh, with a visual, visualization 
and create a vision of world peace every day. And I'm suggesting it, it be at uh, 20 minutes. I'll come down from a half hour. But people are going to actually have to put some effort in. We can change the global mind and global consciousness in a small minority, whether it's the square root of 1%, 12,000 you know, for the population, or 1%, it's not a lot of people. And particularly if you use the figure of square root of 1%. So is that, that a particular time of day or not? Well, trouble is the day keeps changing, you know, the cycles of the day. So I'm, uh, as I look at the timing, because we're talking mostly U.S. and Europe and, uh, and also including Israel here, is, is really going to be about 6. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. Because 6 P.M., and I'm open to suggestions because we're about ready to do it. We haven't picked the time. Okay. Uh, 6 p.m. in Israel gives you 8 a.m. on the East Coast. Now, the thing I don't like about it is it's 5 a.m. on the West Coast. So almost like it needs to be moved to 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock or even um, 10 o'clock. So we do 10 o'clock. It's noon on the East Coast. And it's seven on the West Coast. Maybe that's more workable. It could be. I mean, it's really hard to make it convenient for everybody because there's every time on the clock on a 24-hour cycle is somewhere in the world all the time. And one of the things that often gets left out is Asia, you know, Australia, Africa, I don't think there's too many people we're missing in Antarctica, as far as I know. But it would be nice to have, you know, like if you think of humanity as a, a literal family, which ones do we want to leave out? You know, and I, I think when you see it that way, well, nobody, right? But, um, you know, if we, what with this timing, we're going from East Coast, West Coast, Europe, Israel, really Middle East, all can make this work. Let's say we do 10 o'clock in Israel. It's noon, uh, 10 o'clock p.m. It's noon on the East Coast and 7 on the West Coast. That's doable for most everybody. And remember, this takes some effort. This isn't just... Yeah, we haven't talked about exactly what to do yet. It's just when to do it. So let's say... Really devoted to wanting to do this with us in Japan. Do we know when they would have to get up? I don't know. Let me look. But what I tell you is that we are. I have a guided meditation for world peace. I've been doing since 1985. So we have it. It does work. It's been shown to work. It's been shown to even decrease sunspots. Right. And last week when I said we have to demonstrate, and you said, "Well, it's already been demonstrated." What I meant is that now it has to be demonstrated on a full scale. Right. Okay, so let me just look at, uh, we have in uh, Sao Paulo, uh, would be 5 a.m., 5 p.m. 5 p.m. But I don't have uh, Hong Kong, 
is five in the morning. In Sao Paulo, Brazil. Sao Paulo is five in the afternoon. They're okay. five hours behind us. And who is 5 a.m.? Unquote. Six hours ahead. So Asia type thing, you're, 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 you are looking more early morning. But it gives everybody else a chance. It gives you Middle East, Europe, and U.S. It works for that whole cycle. And what is Japan and India and places like that? Uh, I'm going to have to put some in here. Let's see. Japan. Um, what's a good... I'll just put Tokyo. Yeah. All right. Well... I have to play with this. It's not giving me what I want. Just hold on. But um, it's okay. So South America fits. There's no problem with South America. Okay. Mexico works. Seattle works. So right now it's eleven o'clock here. New Delhi would be one thirty in the morning. A.M. Okay. And Kabul be one thirty. Tehran. Dubai, that'd be kind of uh, noon, actually. We had, so that's not so bad. Nairobi, Istanbul would be 12 a.m. It's 11 o'clock now, so Istanbul would be... Midnight. Yeah, 11. Uh, Moscow would be uh, 12 a.m. Midnight again. Okay. Midnight, yeah. And what did you There's say? For- these bone, they're all easy. So what else? We're looking at New Zealand. Uh, Perth would be f- 5 a.m. For which city? Uh, Perth. Perth, Australia. Okay. Yeah, it, well, if we do it one hour earlier, if we do it at 10, it would be 4 a.m. Sydney, same. Sydney would be, Austria is big, so Sydney would be 7 a.m. Okay, okay. Uh, Singapore would be. Uh, 4 a.m., Jakarta, 3 a.m. So what we are looking at is, you know, Hong Kong would be 4 a.m. So basically, what we're looking at is the Asian countries. They have the morning. Right. What about, what's a, what's a city in eastern Russia? I should know some big ones over there. We'll look at Russia for a second. Beijing would be 5 a.m., okay. Okay. Um, <coughs> Anchorage. Um, Tash, Tash. Moscow would be... That's midnight, right? Midnight. 
<coughs> which is doable if you're really committed. Eastern China and Russia are lined up latitudinally, so maybe Beijing would say, you know, be representative for both. Um, Beijing is 5 a.m. also. Moscow. No, Moscow is 12 a.m. Right. No, but but it would be 11 p.m. Yeah, 11 p.m. in which city? Moscow, because we're we're doing 10 o'clock. Oh, so okay. right now it's right now Moscow is noon. No, I mean it's midnight. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Peking, New Delhi would be uh, 1.30 a.m. Okay. Beijing, Beijing is 4 a.m. Okay, okay, okay. So it wouldn't be so, it wouldn't work that well, well for Asia. For Asia. Some people may be willing to do it. Yeah, but the main thing is what we're talking about is that if you do East Coast, Europe, Middle East, you're, you're, it's a huge swath of people. I agree. Well, I, I just probably would be most of the people who would be willing to do it. Yeah, I just want to let the rest of the people know that they're not being abandoned. That we care about their yeah. state too. And yeah, well, we had the debate whether we should do it all at once or a little bit of time, but all at once is more powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think something like 10 is is pretty reasonable for... 10 in which, in which time zone? Well, for Israel, it would be 10 at night. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and again, that's... Um, Three eight tonight. It's three p.m. on the west coast, east coast, and uh, noon on the west coast. Okay, but it allows all the other things. Right, right, you know? right. And Western Asia is still possible, still fairly convenient, just late at night. Right. So 10 p.m., I think, I'll, I'll go over it, but I think that's about as close as we're going to do, you know. With the, but the point is, we have to change consciousness to make this work. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at all kinds of solutions for imminent catastrophe in the world right now, and I think the physical things that are being done positively, like the convoys and all this stuff, are really, really good. But the power underlying their success or failure is 100% an issue of consciousness. Yeah. And yeah. that's all we have. And that's why we have to work so hard that way. You know, when we look at where's the real solution, it's not political. Because the people who are running the politics aren't interested in a, in a solution. No, they're, they want to make sure there isn't one. So right. what I was looking at is how do you reach those antagonistic parties and the secret is that the the darkest individual like that is still made out of the same thing that we are which is consciousness and they can be reached if you go through the programming to who it really is 
Absolutely. And that's the point when I talk about cutting down the crime rate by 43% with 200 meditators in Rhode Island. And that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And you weren't just affecting the nice people. You were affecting the people who wanted to kill you. Yeah, yeah, we're talking crime rate. We're talking violent crime rate. Yeah, yeah. So that means some people were changing. And those guys weren't doing the meditation consciously. Right. Exactly. So that's why it's a good measurement. Yeah. The other thing I would put into it is whatever system of meditation that a person uses for this, you know, and we're going to talk about the specific that, that you've got. Mm-hmm. The, the key to getting maximum effectiveness out of that has to do with the spectrum from words and procedures to the actual emotional level experience of it being real while you're doing it. Yeah. Right. So we have to get, we don't have to get that many, I mean 10,000, 20,000 people around the world. It's within our reach, is what my point is. Tiny percentage. Yeah, it's within our reach to make things happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, um, I mean, there's whole meditation organizations if they you know, would go along with it. But this has to be non-secular uh, in a way, non-religious. It has to be people just doing it. Yeah, I think the intent is really important. Yeah. And not just this, you know, I, I want to make the point because it may sound silly, but I think it's really critical, and that's that there are levels of emotion that people are experiencing and thought, and the power is not in the thought, it's in the associated emotion. And you can be putting out, you know, saying, peace, 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 you know, may all beings be happy or whatever, you know, mantra you that's positive that you want to say underneath if you're holding on to fear and anger the result's not going to be the same right so I think this is we're, you know you and I didn't pre-discuss this uh, but I think the idea is gets to be fairly obvious there has to be a change of consciousness because the people in power uh they have a, a very different agenda for the world, and they don't mind blowing themselves up. No, it's suic- it's intentional suicide on their part. It's satanic suicide. Right. I think you're going to be rewarded. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it never works. Never it's works. A in their mind, and they think they're going to get this great spiritual reward if they do it right, but uh, they get a better reward if they get blocked. Right. So that's what we're looking at. That's our solution. Are you thinking this will happen? We're going to make it happen. Yeah. When? 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 I'm suggesting I'm actually going to wait till Thursday to finalize it with, you know, the people in the network. I'm talking to you, but today is Tuesday. So I, I think we're going to start. Soon. It's every day now. We're, we're not talking once a week. We're talking every day. Yeah. It's such a, a powerful thought form. We turn this around. So when we come back, you're going you're gonna to know by that time the details, I assume, right, next week? Uh, we will have made a decision. You know. Okay. But I think when I look at the 10 p.m. thing here, 
it, it kind of covers the spectrum, and that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, that, one, one of the yeah. things that the rulers with this different agenda that you're mentioning don't want is for us to realize that we're not enemies. Right. Yeah, it ruins the game. Yeah, so anything we can do, I'm really in favor of separate countries because each one has its own culture. But cooperation between sovereign independent countries and the people in them, and I think, again, the, the country is not the satanic rulers that have taken it over. The country is the people who live there and the nature that's there and all the beauty. It has nothing to do with with criminal rulers. And in the news, it says Russia did this, America did this, Israel did this. That's really not correct. The people who have taken over those countries did such and such. Right? Using the reason. Semantics can make a difference. So it's good. Anyway, I think that's, uh, you know, in a sense, that was the main thing you wanted to talk about. Okay. Or, or was it? Was there something else in the agenda for you? I, I, well, there's, there's a few details I wanted to talk about. One is I wanted to encourage people not to assume that authority figures are telling the truth. You know, when an announcement is made, for example, that the Russians targeted a nuclear power plant to blow it up and cause another Chernobyl. Well, we heard that on the news just recently, and it turns out that it's completely untrue. It didn't happen, and they're kind of not mentioning it anymore. The other thing we heard is that the Russians are attacking schools. You know, these Russians, they must they're, they're like a subhuman species, right? All they want to do is cause suffering. So they attack schools. Well, it turns out that those schools were empty except for soldiers that were shooting at the Russians. That's why they were attacked, and there were no kids there. You know? So what we're hearing on the news is brilliantly twisted, just similar to what we were told about the Japanese in World War II. You know, they, they're not human. They all these terrible things that they do all the time. And probably the Japanese were told the same thing about the Americans. Of course, it was actually, it may have been true about some of the rulers, but not the people in general. And I'm looking for any way that we can break this separation agenda. Again, when everybody starts meditating together, it begins to connect people. Yeah. So I want to make a special appeal to the whoever is going to be in the really inconvenient time zones to join us to anyway. Yeah. Now, I want to just get back to us for a second. I am going to try, actually, I think it would be helpful here, too, yeah. to give people uh, to go through a guided uh, two sets of meditations um, that people can do before they, you know, create the visualization for they, you know, to, as part of the meditation. So we do 20 minutes and this part takes about six minutes. I think that'd be excellent. You need a practice session and guided practice. Yeah. So it, that's what I'm thinking of maybe doing for our group here next week. It might be, I mean, our schedules are packed full already, but 
if I was living in eastern China or Russia or Japan or something, we didn't talk about what time Tokyo would be, I don't think. Yeah, I thought I did, but let me check it out again. You said it would be one thirty in the morning or something. Or, I don't remember. Let me, let me very quickly check out Tokyo. But go ahead, keep talking. And we'll... Okay, so I'm thinking even though we don't have any time to do it, maybe we should do like an extra 10-minute live session specifically for the people in the impossible time areas to give them a demonstration. I'm fine with that. I'm not seeing... Where's Tokyo fit in here? I have Singapore. Basically, you're looking at four in the morning. I have Jakarta... What about Tokyo and places? I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay. I think I'm going to do it a different way. That way. I guess another thing that I would say, if I should talk while you're doing that, is um, this vision that we've been given of a limited pie, you know, where... For us to have what we need, we got to steal it from somebody else because there's not enough for everybody. And I'm saying that's not actually the case. Resources that we haven't tapped are virtually unlimited based on consciousness. And it doesn't mean deforest the planet, you know, in order to burn the wood and heat everybody. It means there are other ways to do it. And there are energy sources that are being suppressed right now that are based on permanent magnet principles and uh, way beyond solar and wind. And zero-point energy is, you know, wide open, way beyond cold nuclear and things like that. And those would be everywhere already. It's just this little issue that people who try to bring them out get killed. And that's the technological issue with energy production. But the pie is not limited. Consciousness opens up how to make it bigger. And I think, too, when when there's prosperity spread around the world and freedom, not, not crazy freedom, but freedom coupled with respect of other people's freedoms, then population starts becoming self-regulated it's not like fruit flies that have to die off because there's too many humans actually can be intelligent enough to regulate it themselves. Not their rulers, but really themselves. So we haven't, we haven't even seen what things could be like on this planet, but I'd like to do that. What are you finding in your search? Well, what I'm finding is I'm having a little trouble, but uh, here we go. I got what I'm looking for now. Uh, so Tokyo at Japan is plus nine hours. Uh, let me just do this, plus nine, plus two. It's seven hours ahead of Tel Aviv. Uh, okay, and Tel Aviv was going to be 10 p.m.? Uh, yeah, so if we do 10 p.m., that's 5 a.m. Yeah. So people could get up a little early in Japan and do it. Yeah. 
Okay. So uh, that would be what I would just be a little bit earlier in Beijing and Eastern China and Russia and places like that. Right. But worth okay. it. So I've got Tokyo added now. We can see because Tokyo definitely could play. Yeah, they could do that. And I want the people who have to get up in the middle of the night to do it too. <clears throat> yeah, but here we have Tokyo uh, eleven, so it would be uh, five nineteen. You know, five o'clock. Yeah, that's not so bad. Right. So, so if we set up a second demo session for you to show how you're going to do it. We do it uh, at a time when all the people in those out-of-the-way places get yeah. an easy vision of the demo. The question is how to reach them. How to let them even know that it's happening, yeah. Yeah. See, I think it's going to happen a little bit over time. Now, the word's going to get out. And we, we, it's not like we want to be, you know, lazy, but it may take more than one, one week to get it done. Yeah, and you're ta- you're proposing to do this indefinitely, right? Yeah, and just tell word till it's happened. Till when there's a change, then you yeah. you can maybe it be twenty, maybe it will be seven years or eight years, whatever it takes, basically. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. There's nothing else. You know, this brings in light, in, you know, for the spiritual, it brings in God, and, you know, for, you know, just even the materials, it brings in the power of the mind. Right. And, and so like, everybody, everybody can participate. That's right. Yeah, there's no restrictions. And mind is capable of putting out the emotional state that you're advocating. Right. Right. So good. I think we got it. Uh, next week we'll do it. I realize that Mr. D is back. So um, I think that's what our goal is. I'm going to give a guided meditation for our group. And uh, next week it'll be two parts. Okay, because we have to, de- de- well, there'll be two parts, I'll explain that. And then if there's time after that, we can also do, well, there will be time. We can continue with the global cycles of global warming. Court. Right, that sounds great. Okay, the main thing is we have something we can do. we got to play our part. we got to do it. Yeah. Your website's on the screen now, too. For right. people that want to stay in touch with your projects there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, peace, literally, peace be with everyone. Yeah, I totally oh. agree. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. Have a good rest of Okay. My joy, Thank you. See you shortly. Wow. Um, what to say about that, I guess... I really support what Dr. Cousins, the project that he's proposing, and I, I meant what I said about wanting to include people in all parts of the world, even if, you know, for some of us it's got to be an unpleasant or inconvenient time because there there's every time on the clock somewhere in the world. But 
if I lived in Eastern Asia, I would try to join, you know, and try to do it and let other people know that it's happening. Um, really important. I agree with Dr. Cousins that I totally support the positive physical things that are going, the work of uh, Ryder Fulmick and Tom Renz and uh, so many people that have been guests on our Sunday show, Peggy Hall and uh, Lee Merritt, all the all these people that are, uh, Sherry Tenpenny, all these people that are developing the needed uh, alternative parallel civilization. That needs to be done right now, you know, before the old one uh, totally collapses. So we minimize the transition and the suffering. But in the meantime, while doing the physical things, consciousness is the whole key. This is like what we've said several times before. What if they gave a war and nobody came? That was a Vietnam War slogan. It was saying, yeah, the rulers, these uh, really misguided, vicious individuals that are underneath the same as us, but they've taken on a role that they identify with now as executioners or whatever part of that their role is. Underneath, they're reachable, but not by normal debate or discussion or talking because they're not open to that. But they are reachable to by what Dr. Cousins is talking about because it's all a frequency issue and we're communicating by frequency all the time, even if we say we have no idea what that is. We are, we're doing it. Most of what we're doing, we're actually not aware of. So the deal is to make that conscious and to project, like in Dr. Emoto's work, the emotion that you would like to see spread in the world. And in the water experiment, the most effective ones were love and gratitude. We've been trained if something happens, this is how you have to feel about it. If bad things happen in the world, you have to be panicked, you have to be terrified, run around not knowing what to do, and ask the rulers to please save you. And they'll say, no problem, we've got it covered. And that's what they're planning on. But if you realize that the emotion you project and broadcast is 100% voluntary, that changes the whole thing. So the feeling that's put into... Dr. Cousins' meditation or our meditation in Planetary Healing Club or anything that we're working on, that determines the outcome. And yeah, we're we're doing something similar in our group once a week and Doug and I are there live every week. Um, and it's for the same goal. Self-transformation as a step to changing what frequency is coming out of you, which is all the time into something very powerful that spreads. So you're welcome to come there if you want to. In the meantime, as always, stay in touch with us at lostartsradio.com and support our work if you want to. We are doing this all commercial free and depending on uh, small dues for Planetary Healing Club and donations at the site, there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com. That'll help us operate much better if we can get some funds in. And the other, and thank you to the people that are already doing that. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, subscribe star link is there too. Uh, same thing as the donate button. Either way works. Or if you're a friendly billionaire and you want to help the world and you don't 
have an interest in supporting what we're doing, that doesn't matter. Um, we have a list of things that would be really good for you to do starting immediately. So get a hold of me about that if you want to. I don't, I'm, I'm not distinguishing between helping us and helping all these other urgently needed things. If you're, if you've got the means, we want to talk about it. It's really important to align money and other resources with what's actually good for people. You know, and we're not, we don't want to leave out anybody around the world. If, if people get into the consciousness that Dr. Cousins is talking about where we're all, it's not in a belief system, it's not in a religion, it's not some way of, you know, making a slogan to yourself. Literally, we're all family members. And once that's realized, nobody's going to obey these orders to kill each other and ourselves. So the consciousness is the key. And taking care of your health is a big help with that, too. So if you can learn about the suppressed health information and apply it in your own life, start upgrading your own daily existence as much as you possibly can, it's going to help everybody in your world. So I'm just encouraging everybody to do that and stay in touch with us at lostartsradio.com. What else? I'm, I'm sure I'm going to forget something that I meant to tell you. I'm going to keep making the videos from out in the wilderness areas and watch for that on lostartsradio.com and on several um, platforms where we're not banned yet and uh, help us spread the links so that we get past the shadow banning and censorship. That's really helpful. I think that's about it. So have a good week. Take care of yourself. And if you want to do something to prepare um, for the meditation project that Dr. Cousins is talking about, start, in my suggestion, start becoming aware of the thoughts that are running around your mind and the emotions that go with them and decide whether, if that was written across the sky for the entire world, is that what you'd want to be broadcasting? Because it is. And it's more powerful than we've been told. And we can use it. And we are using it in our Planetary Healing Club live meetings every week. So if you want to come and join us there, please do. Uh, it's nice to be doing this in a supportive group process. Planetaryhealingclub.com Otherwise, have a good week. And we'll meet you here next time with Dr. Cousins. See you then.